Hello, this is Sheikh Ibrahim Ansari, and today I'm going to talk about how to forgive. In the process of becoming a mature human being, what we call insan e kamil, we learn humility, sincerity, and patience. But as proto-humans, before we can embrace those qualities, we discover that we are dragging around superfluous, noxious weights of guilt, shame, and regret. These once had a purpose to help us change and grow, but as usual, we have weaponized these once innocent tools into unwanted habits. Nefs. Regrets, guilt, and shame weigh us down like stones in our heart. They disconnect us from ourself, from others, and from the divine. To move forward, we need to throw off these disgraceful dictators. We intend to face these problems like addiction, codependence, and abuse. We are becoming aware of our faults and developing a plan. And then we find there are those around us who are pleased to tell us to just let go of these annoyances. Sung about and easily tossed at us from armchair life coaches to long-established therapists, religions, and spiritualists is the concept of letting go. It sounds so easy, and especially when we see so obviously another person's attachments. And then, with a wave of our hand, we tell them to drop it, to do something else, to let it go. But when it comes to our own personal work, when we discover a habit that's dragging us down, we know that it really isn't so easy to just let it go. We find there are lots more bits hanging on to that one thing, you know, like weeding. The roots go deep and connect to other root systems, and you keep pulling, and it just finds out it goes deeper and deeper. The habit does not seem to disappear as we so desperately want it to. It keeps resurfacing and interfering in our life. Why doesn't it just go away like everybody says it can? Fortunately, over the centuries, a number of tools have developed that, when used properly, are efficient and effective. Tools like the various psychological therapies, meditation, zikr, and prayer. Your habit or attachment from the past requires proper focus, transformation, and management. A strategy is absolutely needed. Now, the available tools are not magic wands. A tool is just that. Like a shovel, one needs to apply effort to shift the dirt. And usually this requires many repeated uses of that one tool over and over again. 
Effort is work. And work requires muscles you may not have used in a while. So there will be soreness, weakness, and probably sweat. Frustration that the work isn't finished yet may result in tears and anger. But until the pile is gone, there's still work to be done. So, besides feeling unused muscles, frustration, and all that work, this is going to take time and a sense of humor. Neurophysiologically, we are rewiring the brain. This organ is not hardwired for the most part. Currently, it is in the state adapted from your experiences so far. It can be changed, which means old habits can be recycled into better ones at any age. We are learning more every day about how the brain functions. One thing we know is that exercise helps maintain the plasticity. As all sports and arts people are aware, it takes constant practice to nurture and grow any talent, as well as learning new skills. The process of practice has some innate and unexpected goodies. What alchemists, musicians, and gardeners have discovered is that it slowly changes the practitioner by developing patience, understanding, respect, perspective, and transformation of the whole person. These are the unexpected benefits of practice, and they are what helps us to become what Sufis call a human being, an integrated amalgam of paradoxes and paradigms. Now, without practice, we cannot increase our capacity or grow our patience. We will continue to become frustrated at the slightest things and will forget to be grateful for the wonderful gifts we've been blessed with. We will be constantly angry at others because honestly we are most angry at ourselves for not growing and dealing properly with our weeds. And this brings us to forgiveness, both to those we have hurt and to ourselves that may be hurt as well. In a way, Asking to be forgiven is part of damage control. No matter what our level of understanding or awareness, we're going to make mistakes. No one is perfect. There's no way you are not going to screw up. You absolutely, definitely will. Misunderstand, misconceive, misapprehend, misinterpret, misread, misjudge, misdeem, miscalculate, miscount, misreckon, misconstrue, take wrong or the wrong way or get something wrong. Why must we make mistakes? 
for one, it keeps us humble. If we all mess up, no one can say they're better than another. But why compare ourselves with another person? We're all in the same boat. We all have the capacity to learn and to grow. You cannot grow without making errors. It's what makes us human. Forgiveness does not seem to work by saying the words, I'm sorry. One way to look at this is as though we are part of an electrical circuit. For the circuit to work, you have to turn it on. In this case, that means making intention with your heart to forgive or to be forgiven. That earnest exertion activates the circuit. However you think of the Creator, that is the focus. That's where and how the circuit completes. A Sufi might say, Allah, please forgive me, I did not know, and articulate the mistake. But just saying the words without a deep connection to the purpose and attention to the cause is a waste of time. True contrition is heartfelt and sincere. When the lesson is understood, the electricity can flow again. This occurs within the heart. The response will be a lightening of the load. The heart will be able to breathe again, and the change and adjustment will be absorbed. As what Abdul Qadir al Jalani says, know that the sign the repentance is accepted is that the mistake never occurs again. So, in letting go, we understand that there is a wound somewhere. Someone is hurt. An apology may be required and the recovery or healing will need time. How much time? Well, that depends on many variables. But the more sincere and resolute the intention, the sooner will come the forgiveness. The Sufi saint Hazrat Naqshbandi said, quote, The angel Gabriel came to Muhammad, peace be upon him, and said, O Messenger of Allah, we angels weigh every act of a person, but we are unable to weigh the tears of humans. The Prophet asked, O Gabriel, why? And Gabriel said, Allah gives so much reward for them that they couldn't be weighed on any scale. One tear can extinguish seas of fire caused by one's mistakes. These are the tears of repentance. Fully acknowledging your mistake may be followed by crying. This pleases your heart and God and the cold weight of regret is lifted. Now, part of the problem here is that no one teaches us how to properly forgive. 
To forgive others and yourself is difficult for a lot of us. There is a strong tendency to maintain the old way. The effort to unlearn the unnecessary habits requires a clear strategy that will and must succeed. Now, some cultures and religions make it unexpectedly hard to forgive because they are based on an ingrained culture of guilt, suffering, and fear. So part of learning how to forgive means first an objective observation of your specific culture or religion's structure. Be aware of comments or warnings that instill fear. Off to hell you go! To see if it is interfering with simply forgiving yourself or others. If the instructions, guidance, and teachings are not about love, you might need some help. This is where a professional therapist or a sheikh might be of assistance. Learning to be less defensive is also a part of becoming a mature human being. When you start your spiritual training, it is often better to assume it is you that is the problem, not someone else or the government. When you learn that defending yourself means you are defending nothing more than a torn bag of used dishes and diapers, well, then you stop trying to defend that pile. Your job then is to toss out everything that is not you, which means inventorying the crap you are lugging around and that's claiming as you. To be aware that every single person wants to be seen, to be loved, to be respected, is also what a human being tries to put into practice. So, letting go means a lot more than just a Disney song or phrase. It is a concentrated, difficult, soul-consuming transformation. It is the hardest work, including any life-changing circumstance like love, grief, marriage, initiation, divorce, moving, or birth. These events completely change us. They take time and color our world from greatness to fluffy rainbow petunias. And now here's some unsolicited advice. Seek inspiration and advice from those sources you trust, who speak of love and peace, who aren't interested in acquiring things. Beware of cults and self-appointed spiritual teachers, sometimes they call themselves shamans, stay away from fear-inducing converts, reverts, right-wing, orthodox believers. Avoid those who profess to know the truth. Seek circles of caring, honest, sincere believers who can live with science and still maintain their heart's connection. And laugh a lot.
Assalamu alaikum, Marids, seekers, curious, and interested listeners. We appreciate you and are happy to share our Sufi message. Your donation will help support our Sufi center in Sydney, where we do zikr, sobat, spiritual counseling, and healing services. We believe the message should be free, but it costs equipment, rental, services, software, and hardware to get this to you. So thank you for choosing our podcast among all the millions available. If you go to our website, ansarisufiorder.org, you will be able to donate through PayPal whatever you think this information is worth to you. Blessings and love, the Australian Ansari Sufi Order.